What's up, guys? It's Liz Kelly. Next week, the Ringer Podcast Network is debuting a new podcast with Vampire Weekend bandmates Chris Thompson and Chris Bayo called The Road Taken. Here's a quick trailer with more info. Hello, friends. Welcome to the trailer for The Road Taken with CT and Bayo. I'm Bayo, aka Chris Bayo. I've watched Chris bring his sunny positivity and shredding bass lines to stages all around the world for the past 13 years in the band Vampire Weekend. And I'm CT. Which is short for Chris Thompson. For the past 13 years, you've been my sneakily dark rhythm section partner. We've embarked on a massive world tour and are excited to experience all the thrills and boredom that entails. To help us process our own experiences along the way, we'll be having conversations with peers, idols, and maybe a rando or two. The Road Taken with CT and Bayo, part of the Ringer Podcast Network, coming soon on all podcast platforms. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Podcast on the Ringer NFL Show on the Ringer Podcast Network. My name is Danny Heifetz and I'm joined as always by my co-host, my co-Danny, the hero we need, the analyst we deserve, the Dark Knight himself, Danny Kelly. How are you doing, DK? I'm doing excellent, man. Uh, how are you doing? I am wonderful. We're also here. Craig Horlbeck. How are you doing, Craig? Hey, usually you just call me Gregorio. I appreciate the full name. I'm <laughs> I doing like it too. I'm well. Yeah. You like when I don't just make up your first name? <laughs> I can imagine that. All right. Well, it is Friday. Well, not for us. It's actually Thursday afternoon when we're recording this, but we're going to run through a bunch of players we like in their matchups this week. We're going to be breaking down our lineup of the week at the end, but first we're going to run through a bunch of players' categories for daily fantasy players, so hopefully to kind of group how we're thinking about them rather than just listing guys that we like, you know, yep, yeah. segment, put them in some buckets. So first here. up, the most important bucket of all, go big or go home. <laughs> DK, who's an expensive player that you think is worth the money this week? The most expensive player, Patrick Mahomes of the Chiefs at $7,500. Uh, I should say the most expensive quarterback. Uh, and I think he's worth it this week just because, number one, he's really, really fun to watch and really, really fun to root for. But um, I think he's worth the money too just because he's going to go off. This is the first game in a dome in his career, which is kind of crazy to think about. Um, and as we know, he has a huge arm. He can air it out. There's no rain to worry about this week. There's no wind to worry about. He could just basically chuck it 80 yards like we saw when he did that in the preseason last year. Uh, I think he threw like an 80-yard bomb to Tyreek Hill in the preseason game, and everyone was just freaking out about it. Um, I actually saw this tweet from Roto World's John Daigle. Mahomes, his career game log of indoor games, Baylor 2014, 598 yards, six touchdowns. Baylor 2015, 415 yards, three touchdowns. LSU in 2015, 370 yards, four touchdowns. Baylor again, 2016, 586 yards. And then the Falcons game that I was talking about, eight of 12, 138 yards in that touchdown. Yes, preseason, of course. But uh, you get to, uh, basically, I'm just really excited about seeing what he can do in his first dome game of his career. I think he is worth that cash. I think he's just going to keep going off. Excited for Mahomes to make Detroit like brief member of the Pac-12, sorry, the Big 12. <laughs> Another yeah. player that we're shelling out for this week is Christian McCaffrey, Craig. 
This is pretty simple. I mean, I mean, with all these guys, you really can't go wrong. But out of all the best ones, we liked McCaffrey. He's second in the NFL in yards from scrimmage. He played ninety eight percent of snaps last week. He's PFF's second, or he's playing against Houston, which is PFF's second worst defense against the run, who have also allowed twenty four receptions to running backs, which is the second most in the league. So, yeah. um, and Kyle Allen looked pretty good. The offense looked competent. Um, Houston has let up a lot of big plays this year. And McCaffrey, for his price, which is 8800 the most expensive amongst running backs, we like him. A guy I don't like their price this week, this is, now I'm just going to go right into too rich for my blood, guys that are too mm. expensive. Someone that's not even that much cheaper than Christian McCaffrey is Todd Gurley on the Rams. The Rams yeah. are going against the Buccaneers this week. So McCaffrey's $8,800, Gurley's $7,000. i am just kind of blown away he's still priced this high. Because, yeah. I mean, obviously Gurley has not been producing but he's still priced like he's one of the best running backs in football and maybe talent wise. He still is, but between health and the Rams usage, he's not the Rams as JJ Zacharyson at FanDuel pointed out, the Rams are passing the running backs, the fewest of any team in the league. That's after they used to really pass the running backs a lot in when Gurley was like a fantasy God from 2017 to 2018, he was averaging like six targets per game. And now this year he's getting two targets per game. He had 64 catches in 2017, 59 in 2018. And then now he has, Six. And then so, if there's one number that sums this up to me, Gurley had 8.4 yards per target combined from 2017 to 2018. And then this year he just has eight receiving yards total. So that's a player who got so much value from receiving, not being used. It's I don't understand why he's priced like that, to be honest, but it doesn't make sense. Are, are, are people just waiting for the big game, I guess, or something? Because if you if you could guess off the top of your head what running back he is this year and, and among running backs, what would, what would you say? Ooh, uh, I'm going to say... If he plays all 16 games, that's a good question. Are you saying right no, now? what is he right now? Ooh, what is he right now? I'm going to say like 18. Oh, Danny? 24. He's RB26 right Jeez. now. Jeez. One Behind such Danny. huge names like Royce Freeman, <laughs> Frank Gore. Uh, I mean, Rex Burkhead is RB15 at the moment. <laughs> so it's it's bad, man. It's it's really bad. Fun with small sample size. Uh, another person yeah. who, big name, more of a bounce back candidate, DK. Who's Who else is too rich for your blood this week? Yeah, I'm staying away from Odell Beckham with the Browns until the Browns show any signs of life on offense, basically. I mean... Uh, Baker Mayfield has been really struggling so far this season. Kitchens has, uh, Freddie Kitchens, the head coach and play caller has just not really put together a game plan that makes any sense. I mean, we, we made fun of the fourth and nine draw play he did last week. And that's just kind of a microcosm for, for what's gone wrong with this team. I mean, they're, they're getting tons of penalties. They, Baker struggle under pressure. He's not, you know, giving the ball to Beckham quite enough. He's seeing ghosts. He's just, yeah, it's just basically it's everything right now going up against a Ravens defense that they've given up actually kind of a lot of points and yards and stuff this year, but it's still very talented defense. Um, I'm just waiting. I, I'm not, I'm not really willing to kind of stake my lineup on Odell Beckham this week. I don't think. Yeah. I wanted to ask you guys about this. So like, like DK just said, Baltimore has a good defense, but right now they've given up the 10th most fantasy points to wide receivers. How much do you guys take stake in like the how many points they've given up to fantasy wide receivers compared to their actual DVOA? A lot because I enjoyed the Ravens defense coming to the season. I felt they'd be good, but I also thought that they would be able to produce a pass rush and they didn't. They let Zadarius Smith go to Green Bay. He's been great there. He's been Trill awesome. Suggs yeah. went to Arizona 
And then also CJ Mosley went to the Jets and he was great, you know, for the handful of moments he played before he hurt his groin. But they really just miss him. They have Pernell McPhee on the outside. They haven't really been able to get a pass rush. And one theme, as Dika, you know, with the Seahawks, like Earl Thomas was always great, but the Seahawks always had some semblance of a pass rush. So I think yeah. until the Ravens, I, I, I'm not assuming they'll turn it around. Uh, I do want to see them get a pass rush. What do you think of Beckham this week, then? Are you interested, or are you just staying away from that? I don't like Beckham this week, but I think Beckham's a buy-low in season-long fantasy if you still believe in the Browns' offense, is the way I look at him. Agreed. Another person that maybe buy-low, sell-high? Tom Brady, probably more of a sell-high. But is he too rich for your blood this week, DK? I threw Brady on here. I mean, I don't feel as strong about this as Beckham, but Brady, to me, right now, is 6,600. Um, the Patriots have looked absolutely unstoppable, but the Bills' defense is legit good. There's a chance on Sunday for rainy weather. Right now, it's calling for sun, but I think it's like there's been thunderstorms in, in Buffalo, and I think there's a chance that could happen again um, on that day. So I don't know. I'm just kind of staying away from that. I don't think. Um, I mean, I just think there's other options that are, are more attractive to me than Tom Brady, who right now is he's priced third highest on on the list right now. So. That lake effect, man. That'll get you with the rain. All right, so who's someone you do like, DK? This is buy low play of the week. So who's someone that is priced at a point that you like? You got to jump in. So buy lows are, by definition, um, not coming off of huge games. DK Metcalf of the Seahawks, who I think has looked really good throughout the season, you know, in his limited chances, he's uh, going, the Seahawks are going up against the Cardinals this week. He's 4800 bucks right now. Um, He's a big play threat for them. And obviously Tyler Lockett is the bigger name guy in that offense, but they've made Metcalf, um, you know, a, a big part of that passing game. Russell Wilson has shown a lot of trust with him. He basically has been running one or two routes, which is what he did in college too. And, and he's having success with it. Basically will slant routes in the short area and then just go deep, you know, down the sideline. And he's, he's just used his size to, um, you know, take advantage of that. So, and, and obviously we've talked about this many times. Cardinals don't have, much talent in the secondary, especially on the outside corners. So I kind of just like that matchup. And then the other thing that like kind of drew me to this is I don't know how meaningful this is necessarily, but Wilson just seems to really thrive in the, in the stadium down there in Arizona in five games in the last five years in Arizona, he's completed 67% of his passes, 1171 yards, seven touchdowns, no picks. Um, so to me, he's just for whatever reason, he always feels really locked in down there. And so that's kind of like the two reasons why I kind of like Metcalf this week, just based on that matchup and, and Wilson plays well down there. Well, also I'm not sure Arizona's had a great defense while Seattle, while Russell Wilson's been in the league. Uh, but even more importantly, DK picking DKs like half the Mount Rushmore of DKs. Oh, and he was like Donkey Kong. <laughs> yeah. And maybe the Dairy it. King. If there's a if Dairy Queen as a husband. Another buy low. I don't even know if this is a buy low this week, buy low all season long, but do, can we yeah. watch, Brief tangent on the Vikings right here and the receivers. DK, you made a great point in, I think, last this pod and also on the site this week that the Vikings have thrown the fewest passes in the league this season. What do mm -hmm. you do with Stephon Diggs? Uh, I personally am staying away from that offense in general. I mean, it, 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 there is the caveat that, you know, they, they've started hot in two games, so they've jumped out to really big leads and then just run the hell out of the ball. Um, Stephon Diggs is extremely talented but I just don't trust the the volume in that offense. I mean, it, it, I feel like right now it's either going to go to Thielen or Diggs. Thielen's been the main guy so far. And 
just with the few amount of times that they're passing and just the the potential ceiling for points in that offense is really low, especially in the in the passing game. So um I personally am staying away from it, especially against defense like Chicago. I don't love Diggs this week either, but I do think he'll rebound, but not quite to the point that I would trade from him season long or even put him into a lineup this week. Uh moving on to what am I missing? These are players that you look at the price and you're like what is going on? Why is he on? so cheap? <laughs> <laughs> DK, who's who are you missing something on? Maybe. So I I think it's like DraftKings, I think the the prices just tend to take a while to I guess catch up with the play. Cooper Cup right now, sixty five hundred at on DraftKings, um, which feels to me like a really good deal for a guy who is clearly the number one in that offense. Um, going up against the Buccaneers this week, he's the wide receiver six on the year. He's the wide receiver four in this slate, which doesn't include Thursday night, Sunday night, or Monday night. Um, but he's priced as the wide receiver nine on the slate. So to me, that looks like a really good value. He has a 30% target share in that offense right now. Cooks and Woods are at 21 and 22% respectively. Um, and importantly, he's kind of the underneath guy that gives, Jared Goff, a security blanket, which I think he's really needed this year because he just hasn't looked sharp. He hasn't looked like himself. He hasn't looked like the guy we saw last year, um, you know, who can kind of push the ball downfield and be really, really aggressive. So to me, I, I just like Cup. I saw a stat from Scott Barrett at PFF. He said over his last six games, Cook, uh, Cups, uh, Cups, Cook, Cooper Cup averages 23.4 fantasy points per game, which would have been the best among all receivers last year. Uh, he's just on fire right now. So uh, I just like that. I like the matchup, and, and um, I think he's just, you know, still looking like a good value. Uh, Jared Goff is going to need that security blanket as we get into the winter part of the season. <laughs> Craig yeah. likes to think that Goff is soft because Craig. Well, I think really Craig is soft, but he likes to take it out on other North California kids. <laughs> yeah, and so, but, but with Goff, <laughs> like I look. I wasn't a huge fan of the Rams offense coming into the season. I know that sounded crazy, but even I'd be lying if I thought their offensive line would be this bad. They've given up the most pressures in the league. They're tied with the Dolphins. That's really bad. Being tied with the Dolphins and quarterback pressures <laughs> is uh, devastating. Disconcerting, so, yeah. Disconcerting, to say the least. But the guy that made me say, like, what this week when I saw his price was Russell Wilson. Um, I, the, You know, he, he has... They're going against the Cardinals, who you mentioned this early, DK, but they have the third worst pass defense in the league. Uh, they're only behind New Orleans and Miami. They, Arizona's gotten lit up by Matt Stafford, Lamar Jackson, Kyle Allen. Plot twist, newsflash, whatever you want to call it. Russell Wilson, better than Kyle Allen. Russell Wilson had 406 passing yards and two <laughs> touchdowns last week. 51 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns. He's so much cheaper than Pat Mahomes. It's like $1,400. If you can't afford Mahomes, I think the obvious person price this week is to grab Russ. The only thing I'm wondering is, DK, do you think that the Seahawks are going to like quadruple down on rushing the ball in this game, both to mess with the Cardinals' pace and because they Chris Carson fumbled last week? Yeah, that, that is a slight worry. Um, but the other thing is, like the Seahawks just haven't been able to run. They've been terrible at running. And I don't know if that changes this week against a bad Cardinals defense. It might perhaps, but um, the Seahawks have actually been passing more this year on first down, particularly than they had in prior prior years. Um, the only time they've ever really had any semblance of balance on offense is when Wilson's kind of taking control and passing it. So it'll be really interesting to see if they keep doing that or if they try and bang their head against the wall and, Pete Carroll just goes in there and is like, we're going to run it 35 times and blah, blah, blah. Get back to Seahawks football. 
that's that to me is maybe the slight risk with going with Wilson. But bottom line, right now, Wilson's QB four on the year, and he's looked really good. The run game has been not very good. It's not something that they can rely on, I don't think. And so I'm with you on this. Like I said before, Wilson plays really well in Arizona too. A sneaky QB four out of Russell Wilson. I don't think it's, it's because so they've been sneaky. coming back. Been they've had to come back. They had they've had to come back in a couple of games. They've had to throw way more, I think, than than Pete Carroll wants. Um, you know, and so like there's been some garbage time stuff that that for sure has elevated his numbers. But I mean, he's just been lights out though. Yeah, well, Pete Carroll's lights almost went out when the football hit him in the face. Nice. Uh, you know where else the lights go out? <laughs> the black hole, because black holes are powerful enough to suck in all light and all matter. So. They're not the in Colts o- are playing Oakland <laughs> at the black hole. No, no, no. Good They're Lord. in that Indianapolis. That was maybe your best segue. Oh, man. That, that whole segue was That was through. such a good segue. We're going to keep it because it was great, but they're in Indianapolis. It's so upsetting. <laughs> but yeah, so we're going to talk about Marlon Mack here, who is 6,100 bucks. It's just such a great segue. I loved it so much. I was like, I'm not cutting this. I um, stole that from the movie, yeah. Eddie, by the way. The guy says that to him at the free throw line. Um. Anyway, <laughs> Marlon Mack. So Marlon Mack, I feel like, is one of the cheapest bell cows. He's the he's the tenth most expensive running back on DraftKings right now. He uh, he's running more routes every and every game. He ran twenty routes last week, which was a season high. He only played sixty one percent of snaps because he had like a calf injury scare. But he's not on the injury report this week. He's averaging over twenty touches a game. They're seven point favorites at home against the crappy Raiders. The Vikings eviscerated mm-hmm. the Raiders last week on the ground. I think Marlon Mack is kind of a a safe bet for kind of a twenty touch floor. Mac is a really good. I like that uh, a lot. Positive. I, he's a really good positive game script guy. He's a guy. He's the type of guy. Yeah. That, one thing like, about going to get more action. One thing about Mac, he's averaged eighty point five rushing yards per game since the start of last season. That's fourth amongst running backs in the NFL. Another person that has a wow. solid matchup this week. This is middle range sweet spot. So just these are guys like right in the, the Goldilocks zone, right? The Goldilocks price. DK, who's who's <laughs> someone that just slots right in for you? This is another awesome matchup. Not too hot, not too cold. Terry McLaurin. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we should do every time. <laughs> Terry McLaurin, rookie receiver for the Redskins, going up against Danny's Giants, whose secondary is atrocious this year. Danny, tell us about the Giants' secondary. Uh, they're really slow. It's kind of like, <laughs> remember in week one, we said Derrick Henry in full speed looks like it's slow-mo? That's kind of this giant secondary. It's it's like they're in slow-mo and then everyone else is just at full speed. So I, I want to couch this a little bit by saying he propped, he he cropped up onto the injury report this week. He's got, I guess, an, a hamstring injury. So um, that is something to keep in mind, obviously. If he's not going to be full speed or if he's not going to go, then get him out of your lineup. And hamstring injuries are the most concerning thing a speed guy can have and still play. Yeah, but I will say, number one, McLaurin has looked like the real deal. I mean, he's he's an elite deep threat for them so far. He's been really, really dynamic. Uh, first receiver in NFL history with five-plus receptions and a touchdown in each of his first three games, which is crazy to think about. Um, he's seventh in air yards this year, 368. Giants are giving up the number one most fantasy points to receivers so far this year. And and with the way that Danny Dimes, Daniel, Daniel Jones, played last week, it could be kind of a shootout-type potential in this game. Um, yeah, so I just like, I like all the kind of variables in that game, of course, pending his injury. 
I, the hamstring injury is a bummer because if he is literally at full speed, I don't know who on the Giants team would be able to stop him. I think the other factor here, here is that Case Keenum has a foot injury and it's mm-hmm. considered minor, but is he going to play? Is Dwayne Haskins going to play? Obviously, Dwayne Haskins was at Ohio State and him and McLaurin have history. But so, yeah. If Haskins is playing, I don't know if you want him with the rookie, but Keenum's playing is his foot healthy. There's a lot of variables there, but if everything goes well, he's perfectly suited to shred the Giants. Another yeah. person that's sh- suited to shred, I think, is Carryon Johnson with the Lions. They're playing the Chiefs, and this one also is kind of simple. It's the Chiefs are the worst run defense in the league. I think by a pretty good bit, Carryon Johnson had 20 carries last week. Great news. Bad news was he got 32 yards, which is super, <laughs> super concerning. Maybe this should be buy low. Um, but basically, the, the Chiefs have not been able to stop him, and I don't think the Lions are going to give up on the run. The Ravens had a lot of success running against the Chiefs. If anything, you'd think that they actually could have had a little more success. Um, I think the Lions are going to be going. Their offensive coordinator is Daryl Bevel, who I don't think is going to give up on the run in this game. So I think Johnson could have a multi-touchdown day as the Lions try to keep up with Kansas City. Yeah, and then there's a game script thing too. Like if they get behind, Johnson could be utilized more in the passing game, which is always great for PPR. So um, in any that case, it looks hope. like a good a good potential matchup for him. Craig, who's your middle? Who's your Goldilocks? Not too hot, not too cold. Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore. Um, and I might like Curtis Samuel a little bit more. He's a thousand dollars cheaper, but mm-hmm. both these guys are big play threats, and Houston has given up. A lot of big plays this year. They have some of the slowest corners in the leagues. Um, Kyle Allen looks pretty good. And he's been great when targeting DJ Moore specifically. He's 4 of 8 for 124 yards, 15.5 yards per attempt with a score when targeting DJ Moore. Um, Since the start of last season, DJ Moore has gained 490 yards after the catch, which is 10th amongst all NFL wide receivers. And the Texans have allowed 1,103 yards after the catch to wide receivers in the same time frame, which is 9th. So I, Mm. I Mm. I think I would bet the over... On this game, just in points in general, I think it's kind of going to be a a shootout. And I, I think Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore, who, and Curtis Samuel got seven targets from Kyle Allen, DJ Moore only two. I kind of just like both these guys this week for potential blow-up spots. I do have to pick a bone with you citing the stats from last week, but then saying like using the word lifetime in the stat. What do you mean? <laughs> four of eight lifetime Well, to DJ Moore. <laughs> you mean four of eight on Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. You got to start last, last year, year as well. He, in week oh, 17. week 17. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad I asked. Because he only there got go. two targets last week, but he has eight total from Kyle Allen. I'm glad we clarified. Beautiful. There we the go. Word, the word if, lifetime is kind of funny. What should though, I have right? said? In the two games they played together? <laughs> yeah. You can use lifetime for someone like uh, like Tom Brady, who actually has been quarterback for like 97% of like Terry McLaurin's <laughs> lifetime. <laughs> All right. We're going to keep going. But before we move on, let's take a quick break. Today's episode is brought to you by Floor & Decor. Don't miss out. Floor & Decor is the only one-stop flooring shop that keeps general contractors, flooring specialists, and renovation experts ahead of the game. Thanks to their fully stocked warehouse of hard surface flooring, no job is too big. Job lot quantities of tile wood and stone are in stock and available for convenient worksite delivery. And their dedicated pro services team is here to help make it easy for you to run your business, offering everything from 14-day product storage to financing solutions to express pickup. Sign up for Pro Premier Rewards and you'll automatically rack up points that can exchange for prizes. Plus, you'll have access to over 15 discounted services to help you grow your business. Explore your local floor and decor and discover how quality flooring products at everyday low prices can completely change your game. 
Visit FloorAndDecor.com today to locate the Floor and Decor nearest you and score savings and service you will not find anywhere else. That's FloorAndDecor.com. All right, DK Craig, we're going to roll into our contrarian plays of the week because we can't always go with the mainstream DFS. That's boring. This is a hipster podcast. Exactly. You want to hit on a player who no one else has in their lineup. So that is a good way to win a tournament. Yeah. My contrarian this week, and it's actually really contrarian, I think, because they're going up up against the the Broncos. D.D. Westbrook of the Jags um, might be matched up with Chris Harris, which is always not a good thing. But that said, I think he's he's bound to maybe get some looks in this game. He's been really efficient, really inefficient with it, with his targets in the season, had some drops, including an easy touchdown last week. Um, but he's still kind of one of the go-to guys underneath for that offense. He's like, he's got a team high 21% target share so far. The volume is there and teams have been throwing really fast against the Broncos too, which I think is a low key kind of interesting strategic, I guess, point and variable in this whole thing. The Broncos have yet to have a sack on the year, which is really, really hard to believe. Um, but when you kind of look at why that is, is because teams are getting rid of the ball really, really fast against them, not letting that pass rush get home. And that is Westbrook's potential domain right there underneath, you know, little quick routes to get the ball out. It's probably going to be like inefficient. He's not going to have a ton of yards, but I, I think he could get a lot of targets in this game. So you've got DK, you've got DD. I wish that you had had DJ more instead of Craig, because then we could just have all of them lined up. DJ Chark is teammate. Oh, oh wow. Look at that. So DD, DJ. DK. And you're about to take JJ. I do have JJ. So I like Justin Jackson this week against Miami. Backup running back on Eckler. He will soon be like third string with Melvin Gordon back. But Melvin Gordon's not playing this week. And I think there is a contrarian case for Justin Jackson to have a big week. I mean, Tony Pollard on Dallas had 103 yards and a touchdown last week. Well, I mean, he played better than Zeke Elliott in a way because Miami is so bad (laughs) that it's not... Impossible that Eckler just leaves the game by the middle of the third quarter. I mean, Justin Jackson had a touchdown last week that was called back to holding. So it wouldn't be shocking if he scored in his outright. Never mind that Miami is just so bad that he could have all the second half cat uh, carries as the Chargers trying to ice this game. So I love him at forty one hundred dollars. Good garbage time pick right there. Love good garbage. You know, one man's garbage, another man's treasure. And I don't know how to recycle. So. Craig. Here's a guy who I could use lifetime stats for, and his name is Adrian Peterson. <laughs> he is a running back on the Washington Redskins. He's 4300 bucks this week. I know this sounds pretty gross. I get it. But the Giants are bad on defense. They're PFF's eighth worst graded defense against the run this year. And last year versus the bottom 10 run defenses, Adrian Peterson's averaged 85 yards per game on 19 touches. And I just think this is a week where... AP can kind of take advantage of that. I know he started pretty mm-hmm. slow. He's kind of been touchdown dependent. But the last two weeks, the Bucks and the Bills have kind of shredded the Giants on the ground, and they don't necessarily have stellar running games. So I think for his price, like maybe if you had Christian McCaffrey in your DraftKings lineup, I think pairing him with somebody cheap like Adrian Peterson could allow you to still have a pretty consistent lineup throughout. This is an interesting one, too, because if D.D. West, or sorry, if, uh, if, if McLaurin and Case Keenum are both hurt... They might like have to go to Peterson a lot in this game. Jay Gruden's playing for a for a, another week, you know. And second, you <laughs> play Darius Geis is still not back. So, would you guys like AP over Chris Thompson? Yes. Mm. I concur. Maybe we throw Chris. Th- oh, oh, was that a was that a grumble? 
Uh, I mean, I like Chris Thompson. Chris Thompson's just going to get like seven or eight targets in a game. So I don't know. I, I like them both. Well, I don't, I don't trust the Giants to defend either. Uh, we could throw Chris Thompson <laughs> in the bargain bin. These yeah. are our bargain bin players of the week. And then you're filling out your lineup every week. And then you have like $3,400 and you have to find someone. And then you start talking <laughs> yourself into, oh, maybe Keyshawn Johnson, the Cardinals fourth receiver. So DK yeah. is your bargain bit of the week. This is really digging into the bottom of this bin. Uh, what JJ this Nelson, uh, the Raiders going up against the Colts. 3,600. He came back from injury last week. He was a full-time player, basically, in that Raiders offense. He saw five targets, four catches, 36 yards, and a touchdown. He played 46 snaps, which was 78%. So, um, yeah, he's got a big role in that offense. Ryan Grant has been released. So it looks like the three receiver sets for the for the, uh, for the the Raiders is Tyrell Williams, Renfro on the side, and then J.J. Nelson. I'm assuming defenses will tilt a little bit towards Williams because he's a bigger threat and, and a better player. So that gives, I guess, J.J. Nelson a little bit of just that like one-on-one outside deep threat type thing. Obviously, that's not um, that's not Derek Carr's game necessarily. I was going to say, what makes you think Derek Carr can hit him deep? Well, last week, I think he scored on like a flea flicker type thing. It, it might take like a, a trick play or something like that, but they want to get his speed involved. There's a reason they signed him. Um, I know they want to get the deep game going. So um, the Colts are missing Malik Hooker. That could be a factor. So all things considered, I think he's an interest. He, he, if anything, he's a guy that plays a lot. And, and that's like what you're looking for in the bargain bin. It's like volume, you know? And yeah, and Malik Hooker's safety for the Colts has been excellent for them in the first few weeks, and it's tough for the Colts to lose him, but uh, Raiders could definitely take advantage. Another person, I don't count this as a mea culpa, but I got I like <laughs> bargain bin Will Disley tight end for the Seahawks. Uh, I kind of spent a decent amount of Monday's pod decrying Will Disley's receiving touchdown as completely fake on Sunday because it came on an untimed down at the end of the game. But we adapt <laughs> with the times to new information. That is the job. And on Tuesday, the Seahawks traded away tight end Nick Vanette, uh, who had been getting 40% of Seahawks uh, tight end snaps. I think it's fair to interpret that as a vote of confidence in Disley, who had nine routes in week one and then had 25 and then 28 in weeks two and three. So then I think he could be running even more. That was one of our issues was how many routes was he running. Now I think he's going to be running more. And also the Cardinals are the worst team in the league at defending tight ends. They have given up five touchdowns to tight ends. That is the most in the NFL. No other team's given up more than three. Cardinals have given up 348 receiving yards to tight ends. That is 70 yards more than second place. Trading away Vanette does make me believe that the Seahawks believe in Disley, so I like him as a streamer. 3,600. And this this is more of a vote of his price and subscribing to the Stars and Scrubs rule because he's so cheap. He's so he's much really cheaper cheap. than like Travis Kelsey. He's like half of his price. And this allows you to get guys, you know, like McCaffrey and Julio Jones and stuff like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, we'll get there. We'll get there later in the episode. Don't, uh, don't, don't step on our lineup building segment, Craig. You're right. You're right. Well, now that you've already stepped on it. All right, my uh, bargain bin. This is only a bargain for the quarterback position. It's Matt Stafford. He's 5,500. I think he's the 13th most expensive quarterback on DraftKings. Um, this is just pretty straightforward. There's just a chance that this is an absolute shootout, and that Mahomes scores. 49 points in a dome and that Matt Stafford's going to throw the ball 50 times. And yeah. that's literally it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like I, it. W- I believe in Matt Stafford. Screw it. Yeah. Matt Stafford was playing with like a fractured <laughs> back all last year. He hasn't been bad this year. I think he's been a fringe QB one off season. 
Great profile on Matt Stafford from Kevin Clark at TheRinger.com. Great website. And great Facebook group. This is our listener question of the week from the Ringer NFL Show Facebook group. This comes from Mikey Brush. And if you guys want your questions answered, just join the Ringer Facebook group, and we're going to be answering one of these every week. Mikey Brush asks, who is a running back I can buy low on in a trade and get the best value? Okay, so there's a couple guys that I kind of like in this group in, in terms of the buy low running backs right now. I think the one that comes to mind first is Leonard Fournette. And that's not necessarily super low because he did actually score like I think 12 or 13 points in PBR last week. Um, but everyone was kind of laughing at his. He had like his first 10 carries were for like negative six yards. And then he ended up scoring on like or, or busting out a really, really long run in the end of the game to kind of salvage his day. But I do think just based on volume, he is a guy that is getting almost all the snaps in that offense. He's a big part of their passing game. He's getting targets. He's a big part of the run game. He might not be the most dynamic running back, but he is exactly the, he's, he's like a perfect example of why volume matters in fantasy football. And it doesn't look like they're going away from him. So I like him as a buy low candidate. Craig and I have a lot of stock in Leonard Fournette, and we've been sweating out the last few weeks more <laughs> yeah. than the people who have stock in WeWork. This whole thing about how bad he looked last week, have you ever seen an offensive line give someone less to work with? I think you, Danny Heifetz, and Leonard Fournette would have had the same amount of rushing yards at, in the first three quarters because he just got tackled <laughs> as soon as he touched the ball, which you would have too. No, I would have fumbled. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> but, <laughs> but another couple guys that we like to buy low, um, this is, oh my God, this is going to stab me in the heart. Rashad Penny. Oh, I thought you were going to say Chris Carson, speaking of fumbling. Uh, oh, well, yeah. that's, that, yeah. that would be a well, better they're, they're related because I think that you could try to buy low on Chris Carson right now, but I don't think based on what Pete Carroll said that Chris Carson owners are worried. I think that he's been very vocal supporting Chris Carson. And I think it, I think the real thing is Rashad Penny's hurt and you could be able mm-hmm. to get him for like someone at your bench. You don't really care about on the off chance that Carson does get benched. Well, not benched, but the Rashad Penny gets more of a uh, shot. I think a couple other names that I just like guys who have not produced that I think their usage and how many touches they're getting could shift significantly in the next month or two. Duke Johnson on Houston. I think, I mean, we have Carlos Hyde in the ringer fantasy league and I'll be honest, I'd be shocked if three months from now, Carlos Hyde's still getting like 10 to 20 <laughs> carries a game. Uh, hopefully Haley O'Shaughnessy yeah. doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> so if, if you want to trade, trade, for trade for Carlos, Carlos Hyde. Hyde. <laughs> the other one, if yeah. I own Alvin Kamara, I'm sending the worst asset I have for Latavius Murray to be the handcuff. Uh, and then I also like all the rookies. I like Devin Singletary on Buffalo, yep. Miles Sanders on Philadelphia, and Josh Jacobs on Oakland. I think all three are around like rock bottom of where their owners are like whatever they envisioned before the season. Yeah, people are not happy with how it's gone with Josh Jacobs, who was supposed to get like all the passing game action, which is obviously really important in PPR. Um, he's just not been used in the passing game. Honestly, he has like one catch all year. That is something the Raiders have said they want to change and they want to get him more involved. It's something that it's one of the reasons I liked him coming out. He was a good pass catcher in the limited opportunities he got at uh, Alabama for that. So I don't know why they're not using him in that. Maybe they don't trust him. It probably has partly to do. He was like sick. He was sick last week. And so they kind of used him sparingly. And so I think, yeah, like you're right in terms of Jacobs, I bet his value right now is as low as it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be super low because I think I'm, I imagine a lot of fantasy managers still looking at like he's a good player and everything. But um, if you're going to get him, you might want to go do it now. I really like Singletary a lot. 
And Sanders, I waffle on. I think he's going to be the number one in that group, but he is kind of like Chris Carson where like, I love the runner. I love the player. He's very talented, but I just, man, the the fumbles are going to kill him potentially. He's, he got, he had two fumbles in this last week again. Um, Not again. I'm just, that was a huge problem for him in college. And then, so this is kind of carrying over to the NFL. If he can, if he can't keep hold of the ball, I just don't see the Eagles trusting him. Now that said, I think he has the the athleticism, the talent to be a good player for that offense. So he is a good buy low candidate, but that one worries me a little bit more. It's like that John Madden thing about you got to score more points to win the game. Got to hold on to the ball to be the running back. It's kind of important. Yeah. Or else you're just the fumbling back. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you to Mikey Brush. Don't forget to join the Ringer NFL show Facebook group and ask us questions there and we'll feature it. And it can be about running back decisions, DK's blowouts, whatever. I guess they're Calvin, <laughs> Calvin's blowouts. The blowouts created such a thing on Twitter. Everybody was telling us about how ignorant we were for not knowing what blowouts were. <laughs> you idiots without kids. Yeah. Look, man, I... <laughs> Actually, no, I, I actually have no rebuttal there. Yeah, I'm definitely an idiot without a kid. <laughs> I've never felt more supported. I mean, it was like, it's like there's a, there's a parent fraternity that came out strong in support of my, my blowout term. It was like, I got probably like a hundred plus like mentions about the blowout thing. It was pretty funny. Yeah, I guess there's a, there, I can see a bond forming on people who've cleaned up a, a baby with diaper. I can imagine Absolutely. Like fun. we've literally been through the shit, you know? So <laughs> nice. It's, it's a thing. Wow. You got my like giddy schoolgirl laugh out of me. Speaking of <laughs> going through a mile of shit, the rewatchables did Shawshank Redemption this week. Oh my god, amazing! <laughs> Check it out. Five hundred right, well yards. Now let's build our team that will lead us to freedom. We're gonna run through the lineup. Good lord! D- Shall we begin, DK? You want to start with your boy? Yeah, let's go ahead and start at quarterback. We've talked about him a couple times. We went with Russell Wilson, sixty-one hundred against Arizona. I think you just like that matchup. We like that the Cardinals' defense is bad. I don't know. Do we need to say anything more about Wilson? I don't think so. I mean, a few of these guys we hit in the first uh, the first second. So really, we have Russell Wilson, a quarterback. We have running back. We have Christian McCaffrey. We have Justin Jackson, the Chargers back up to Austin Eckler at running back. We have Cooper Cup from the Rams at receiver. Uh, we have tight end Will Disley, and I think it's worth elaborating a little bit on why. Basically, what we did at running back was we went stars and scrubs. We want McCaffrey, and then we filled it in with what we think is a high upside scrub. At quarterback, we talked about why we like the Seahawks. So what we ended up doing was stacking Russell Wilson at quarterback. We have Will Disley at tight end. And then we also threw in tight end at receiver because Tyler Lockett is a relatively high floor guy for also a big touchdown upside potential guy. And then we filled it around with receivers. Lockett's been really good last couple of weeks too. So I like that one. All right, and then our last two receivers we went with, DK, Marquise Brown and Nicole Hardman. I mean, these are obviously mm-hmm. huge boomer bust receivers who really only need one play to justify the inclusion. So, DK, how do you like yeah. Marquise Brown and the Ravens going against the Browns this week and also Nicole Hardman, Chiefs in that dome game in Detroit? Yeah, I mean, Brown is a good buy low guy because last week he had a lot of opportunities that didn't just quite work out. I think we saw Lamar Jackson was inaccurate on a couple throws downfield. Uh, hopefully that will get cleaned up this week. And if it does, I think Brown could absolutely go off. I mean, he's just been electric for them. And then, like you said, with Hardman, um, he's just a guy who, who has incredible speed, perfect for that chief's offense that is not afraid to air it out. I mean, like he's getting touchdown bombs on like third and long. He's just so good. Obviously, we love Patrick Mahomes. We want a piece of the Chiefs offense almost every week, I think. 
Uh, and so Hardman is just a, he, he was a more bargain guy in that offense, 5,100. I've never seen you angry. I think in my entire life, DK, until I doubted Marquise Brown for the rest of the 2019 <laughs> season. That was the first, like it was like a fire yeah. was lit in your eyes. I'd love Marquise Brown. I think it, it, it's borderline where I'm like really biased about him, but that's because he was my number one receiver coming into the year. And I'm just loving that he's been everything that I thought he would be. I mean, he was the first receiver taken in the draft. He was, yeah, he was my top rated receiver. He was the first receiver taken. I think a lot of people forgot about him because he had that list Frank injury and people were doubting whether he could get his speed back and everything. I think it's clear that he has it back. He's just a dynamic player. Um, perfect in that offense. So I, I'm really excited about him. DK, do you think that he's going to have a game this year that outperforms his week one? He had like 120 yards points. and two touchdowns in that game or something like that, On right? 12 snaps, yes. which I still maintain is the definition of a fluke. Yeah. Against a team that could go 1-15 and 15 at best. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say yes. I think he will. Ooh. And if not, do we want to put anything on this? And I literally, I literally just said I'm borderline biased about Marquise Brown. So, of course. Since that game, he's had 12 <laughs> points and five. So, looking pretty good. Do we want to put anything? Do we want to make this interesting? Okay, we can bet five bucks on it. How about that? Ooh. Wow. Big spender. Go big. This, this is the second go big or go home section. Five dollars. Slightly more expensive. We fill out our lineup with the Patriots at 3,700 bucks. So, only 36.95 shy. <laughs> yeah. And the logic there is pretty simple. There's a lot. There's no standout defense this week, but you know the Patriots' defense has still not given up a touchdown since the AFC Championship game, even though they had like a muff punt and a pick six last week. But the defense has not given up a touchdown, and we are willing to take that potentially historic streak against Josh Allen and the Bills. And if Josh Allen plunges a dagger under our hearts, we're content to die on that hill. He's been really, actually, pretty good, but he's still totally has like a penchant to just Jay Cutler it and throw like a crazy ball. So like that's kind of I think what we're going with. Like Allen has been improved. Allen has looked fun and good, but he also will just sometimes make a crazy decision. And so I think that's God, that, hope, that bodes well. God, I hope the Bills win. Oh my God, that would just be yeah. beautiful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> would love to be wrong on this. All right. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, producer Jim, our own personal grumpy cat. And thank you to everyone for listening. Best of luck in week four. We are four weeks through the season. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, that went fast. All right. <laughs> hey, we'll see you guys next week. Today's episode is brought to you by Floor and Decor. Floor and Decor is where the pros go for tile, wood, stone, and installation materials. But the best part about Floor and Decor is their pro services and loyalty reward program. From the dedicated pro hotline to the exclusive pro app, your Floor and Decor team is just a touch away. Visit FloorandDecor.com today to find the location nearest you.